This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally. He is the Matt Williamson, and it is a Thursday here in Pittsburgh. Kind of a dreary day, but yeah, it was better kind of, than yesterday. Yeah, I guess. It was kind of warm this morning, and then it's getting kind of chillier and drearier. And last night, I, I did a night show with Tim Benz and our, our buddy Shirtless Tom Offerman, and way home, I like couldn't see the road. It was just like fog and nasty, and you know, usually that's you know wintry, but yeah. not so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so... Uh, that's where we're at. Of course, yeah. the Steelers are heading to Seattle. Uh, speaking of rain and fog, no, I say that's <laughs> maybe that's gearing them up, getting yeah, them in the right mindset. Right yeah. mindset. Hey, it's gonna rain. This and is fog. what get used to. Yeah. Have uh, you seen any kind of weather report? I haven't. I know you don't even it's look supposed this to be early. in the fifties. Uh, I think on Sunday, mm-hmm. so not too bad. Lower, I'm sure there'll be some kind of yeah, you know, wetness or something yucky. It's just it'll be Seattle and Pittsburgh weather wise really aren't that different. Really, I just know it rains a ton out there. I think it rains on average one more day a year in Seattle than Pittsburgh. No, really? Okay. I so, would have never guessed that. Yeah, nobody calls, you know, Pittsburgh the rainy city or mm-hmm. talk, thinks rain with Pittsburgh, but that's what we get. I just think that neck of the woods is that much that much rainier, but what do I know? Yeah. It's not, a, not geography class with Matt and Dale here. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing for that. Yeah. Actually, I did very well in geography. I'm okay at best. I'm, I'm pretty sure my 15-year-old daughter doesn't know where China's at. So she asked where Missouri was the other day. And we were, so I'm kind of failing on that front. <laughs> not sure why we're paying the school taxes we are. but Where's, where's Missouri? Where's Ohio? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, Matt, uh, looking at – we didn't, of course, have the, uh, the Seahawks injury report I don't yesterday. think we had enough time. Well, yeah, and we went over their roster yesterday, and, well, we probably could have just done this and gone over their injury Yeah, it pretty much covers everybody. It's the whole same thing. So guys who did not practice yesterday for, and again, this will be a Wednesday practice. This will be their Wednesday. Yeah. We'll get their Thursday later today. Uh, wide receiver D. Eskridge with ribs. He's been he hasn't played in a while. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's kind of fallen weight on the death chart anyway. Uh, offensive lineman Jason Peters with a foot. Which he plays a lot, and sometimes guard, sometimes tackle. You know, unbelievable story, by the way. Yeah. I mean, he's like almost our age. Uh, running back Kenneth Walker with a shoulder and an illness. Okay. That would That's be concerning. Yeah. Because he's really taken over the workload. I mean, he's a very, very good player. Linebacker Nick Ballore with a knee. I think he's just a special teamer. Linebacker Jordan Brooks with an ankle. He's probably their best linebacker. He's yeah. their best linebacker. Uh, which defensive- means a lot more of... Mr. Bush. Yes. Yes. Watch for him. Number zero. Number zero. Yeah. Which is kind of ironic. <laughs> Last in your hearts. Yes. Uh, defensive end Mario Edwards. Okay. Defensive end Draymond Jones. Edwards with a knee, uh, Jones with a shoulder. Jones is a really good player. I mean, he's an undersized D tackle, but on throwing downs, he's very effective. They gave him a ton of money from Denver. Ohio State guy, people might remember, probably in his sixth or seventh year. Or fifth, probably, I think, actually, the more I think about it. He'll be outside. We talked about him as an edge on on the depth chart, but that's not really what he does. Um, but he would be a big loss. Tight end Noah Fant with a knee. Also, clearly their best guy at a, that position. Yeah, you know. And then two guys were resting: Bobby Wagner and Jerron Reed. Okay, I would assume Wagner takes off every Wednesday. At this Probably. Point. I'm yeah. just guessing. But Reed's their second leading sacker. He's more of a nose-ish type guy, like a Benton style. I mean, yeah. Benton's a much better player, but I mean. It, 
he's valuable to those. I mean, he gets after the quarterback, and he's been around the league for a while. So that's the group that wasn't practicing. The group that was limited, and when I say group, I say, I mean, these are, I don't know how they ran a practice yesterday. Yeah. Uh, the guys who were limited guard Anthony Bradford with an elbow. He's starting, right? I believe I so, think yeah. so, yeah. yeah. Uh, wide receiver Jake Bobo with a knee. Okay, he's the fourth, but yeah. he gets, he's, you see him out there. Safety Jamal Adams with a knee. I think everybody knows who he is, but he's quite an enigma. Cornerback Devin Witherspoon with a hip. That's probably the biggest one to watch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's missed some time, and he's important to those guys. He's guard Damian Lewis with a neck. He's Also a starter, yeah. yeah. I miss your starting guards. Safety Quadre Diggs and wide receiver Tyler Lockett were both resting. Okay, they're good players, but veterans. And wide receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba with a knee. Okay. Well, I mean, that's, that's three of your top four receivers. Yes, all but DK, both your starting guards, one of your best D linemen. You're starting inside linebackers. You're starting yeah. running back. Best corner. <laughs> starting running back, yeah. Probably missing something, too, because there was a lot of names there. I don't know how they practiced. I, I think Jason Peters is some version of a starter because he's out he there He probably would have been out there in place of one of the guards who mm-hmm. wasn't practicing. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how they ran anything yesterday. Yeah. And then they have uh, three guys who were uh, uh, listed on the injury report but were full participants. That was offensive tackle Abraham Lucas, another okay. starter. Yeah, we're starting right tackle. Cornerback Trey Brown with the heel. And he plays de- a fair amount. Defensive end Leonard Williams with an ankle. He plays all the time. Yeah. So wow. Imagine like being the training staff that week. Yeah, no one thinks about those poor people that have to do all the work on these guys. Like it, how do they do they I assume they just make appointments like every ten minutes a new one comes in every <laughs> 50, half hour. You can't just wander in there. It's a long line at the checkout counter. Yeah, I, I it's it's quite a lengthy one. It is. Um and a lot of those were like DMPs. I mean not just veteran days off. Yeah. Now Matt, I know when you were we were talking about their roster yesterday. Yeah. We went through, you know, the position-by-position position stuff. Um, you mentioned that, you know, you, Leonard Williams, in your opinion, is Cam Hayward-like. Light. I mean, yeah, I mean, his but style not, of play. Yeah. Since week six, I'm, I'm looking for the exact numbers here. Mm, okay. Since week six, which is about the time that they got him. I would say he was a trade deadline guy, maybe yeah. even a little before. Actually, since it's since week eight. So okay. that's right around the tra- trade deadline, deadline was week right. 10. So it's right around that time. Yeah, Halloween, I think, was the trade yeah. deadline. Seattle's allowing 26 points per game, which is fourth most in the league mm-hmm. over that period, and 157.9 rushing yards per game. Oh, it's brutal. Which is the second most since week eight. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely brutal. They don't have – well, I think there's a lot of reasons. I think Wagner ain't what he used to be. Um, I think their D tackles are more penetrators – which doesn't paint him in the Hayward light, obviously. Yeah. You know, but he is an explosive in his young years, but he's not a nose. You know, what right. I mean, and Jones definitely isn't a nose. I don't know. If Reed is kind of a nose, but he's been more of a pocket pusher lately. None of those guys are like thick, wide body types. You know, they all are pretty high picks. You know, longer, leaner, pretty good athletes in their best day. Um, big school guys. <sighs> But they don't have a plugger, a guy that demands a double team in the run game. And then the other thing I found today, just looking at like their personnel stuff, they're a nickel a lot too. Yeah. And that's fine, you know. I mean, it, and I'm sure it's often with Adams as their nickel or third corner. But either way, they're kind of light. I mean, none, no one on any position is really a bulky, heavier, you know, splatter. It, the other thing too is 
I know a lot of people this week have been talking about Boye Mafe, rightfully so. I mean, he's break, breaking out a little bit here in his second year. But their edges are light. I mean, they're yeah. real light. And they actually all... play Devin Bush some on the edge. I saw that some. I don't know how much that actually happens. Yeah, I mean. But yeah, that's strange. I mean, I mean he, not only is he light, he's short. He's short and he's light. And he does have length. You yeah. Know, like some of those guys at least can keep bodies off him with their length. But, I mean, I know, like, Watt has a narrow waist. But a lot of these guys are real narrow-waisted, like, track athlete types. You know, that explode out of their stance, long limbs. But they're not strong or strong at the point. Yeah. It's it's weird because if you look at it before week eight, they were allowing twenty three point five points per game, which is tenth most. Still mm-hmm. not good. No, it's not great. Uh, three hundred fifty eight yards per game, which was seventh most, and one hundred twenty nine point six rushing yards, which was sixth most. And it's gotten worse and worse and worse. It has, and I'll pull some stuff up too. But the 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 Titans pretty much ran all over them yeah. too. I mean, they they were in control of that game. And for two straight weeks now, the Seahawks have had to come back with like a last minute drive to win this thing. You know, against you know Titan, they're a better team than Tennessee. I mean, yeah. I mean, they were in Tennessee and didn't start great, but still, I mean, when the team like the Titans is controlling the flow of the game on the ground, and Derrick Henry's not what he used to be either, it's a little concerning. And I keep going back to it, and I know it gets repetitive every week, but I do think it is something to do with just how the Steelers are right now that. If they can run the ball, I always think I always start with that. And against a team like this on the road, loud environment, I really think that if the Steelers can run the ball from the opening drive on, you know, I mean, just it doesn't have to be big chunks. And the Steelers have been pretty good about chunk yards, too, by the way, um, that they'll be in this game. You know, I mean, like to me, that's a great equalizer for them. Yeah. And I really think in looking at this game, I mean, if you, if you look at, their rushing totals. They had 146 rushing yards against the Panthers in Week Three. That's their season high. Well, everybody runs against the Panthers. Yes. Since because I mean, you get to stick with it and stick with it. And stick with 121 it too. against the Giants. Okay. Uh, they rushed for 87 yards against the Bengals. Wow. We just saw that Bengals defense. Yeah. Right. 115 against the Cardinals. 114 against the Browns. 28 against the Ravens. Ooh. Um. 120 against the Commanders. Again, these these are not good defenses for some in some of these instances. You know, Cincinnati, Arizona, Washington, uh, the Rams. They had 68 yards rushing That's against the 49ers. Total, yeah. They had 88. Dallas 72. San Francisco for the second time around. They had 70. They got to 100 against the Eagles two weeks ago. Last week against Tennessee, 58. Mm-hmm. And they're a low run percentage team. Even though they will put out extra tight ends and they have two good backs, and they're just—I don't think they block it up all that yeah. well, uh, really. And, and so one of the problems, or one of the things that we've seen, you know, when the Steelers struggle in a game, is that teams come out and run the ball effectively against mm-hmm. them. Well, I don't know if this team tries. And Walker's definitely their best ball carrier, and if he's a little dinged up too, that yeah. hurts the process. And both guards. Are I mean, if you're going to come out and with. just say, well, "Hey, we're going to throw the ball on the Steelers," that's yeah. fine. You can throw. You can. You'll complete some passes. Mm-hmm. But you're also going to take some losses because you're, you're playing yeah. into the Steelers' pass rush plans. This is the worst time of possession team in the league. All yeah. the stuff correlates. Because you don't run the football. They don't run the football. They're also highly penalized. So I think when they do, sometimes they go backwards and then they get away from it. And, and get, let me get back real quick to the Steeler run game. So this might shock people. So 5.7% of the Steelers' carries have gone for 15 or more yards. Only four offenses are higher. Wow. You know, like, there's not a lot of 70s and 80s. They're not Jamal Charles and yeah. Chris Johnson. But you get 15 yards a clip, 
it you know more than every offense out there except for four. That's phenomenal. And Seattle, they allow the fourth highest, so yeah. they allow a ton of big chunk runs like that. So if they could rip off two or three 15 plus yard runs, that would go a really long way for even just flipping field position and things like that. Here's the so since week 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, the or the uh, Seahawks have given up 169, Ugh. 136, 173, 178, and 162 rushing yards. It's every week. Yeah, it's I mean, every that's, week. That's awful. The last three they, weeks they gave up 298 rushing yards to the Ravens. 298. 298. Wow. <laughs> I mean, they're average. They're allowing 5.6 yards a carry over the last three weeks. Yeah, worst in the league. Yeah, I mean. They're, they don't it, – it's a huge problem for them. I mean, they have some major discrepancies in run yards allowed versus run yards, you know, gained by far. I mean, it's not even close. And I'm sure Pete Carroll is not comfortable with that. I mean, he deep down wants to be Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and looking at their schedule here, the Seahawks are 5-1 and one when they don't turn the ball over. Really? And they've been pretty good with turnovers. I think they're like plus one, something like that. Yeah, um, but you know they they went through a stretcher when they were losing games. Mm-hmm. Uh, two turnovers, three turnovers, two turnovers, two two turnovers, hmm. uh, single t- like so. Typically, when they turn the ball over, they turn it over multiple times and they lose. Okay, I mean they're seventh best in the league in giveaways, and they've only lost four fumbles. But I don't look at them as close to the vest type of team no. you know i mean they they're do throwing throw the, the ball, ball down the field yeah. they throw it down the field and maybe you can jump one or two you know especially yeah. with the pass rush situation you know i think if, if if you steelers can turn them over just once that goes a long way towards winning this game especially if i mean they've been pretty consistent taking the ball away yeah oh, uh, that's over the course of the season absolutely the best in the league in turnover differential yeah and so you know i think that um if you can if you can do that in this game that goes a long way That'll go a long way. Because even if you're plus one in turnovers, I yeah. think it, it would go a very, very long yeah. way. Or even yeah. if it's two to one, something along yeah, those yeah. lines. You can't you can't lose the turnover mm-hmm. battle. It's not that you ever can, but this is one that, that I think if you turn this team over, um, I think you win the game. I tend to think so too. I, I really think it starts with running the football. I do think turnover differentials absolutely huge. Things like penalties and hidden yardage is absolutely huge. Third down conversions. A lot of those things are all weak spots of Seattle. What certainly worries me is, you know, kind of like you said, can can you complete passes on the Steelers? Yeah, you, you certainly can. Their weapons are better than the Steelers' back seven, even if Porter holds Metcalf to zero catches, you know. I mean, and Geno's going to have to pull the ball to do that, though, and he'll probably take some hits. Yeah, and the key is get you know in those situations get him on the ground and put yeah. them behind the chains and see where that takes you because they don't convert third downs very well. No, not at all. Really, really poor. It's like thirty five point seven percent. It's twenty sixth in the league, and conversely, they're thirty first in allowing third down conversions. Yeah, that discrepancy is massive too. Just like their run discrepancy. So the other thing too is they've got super hot late in games. I mean, they've scored twenty four points in the fourth quarters over the last two weeks. But only 16 in the top three over the last two yeah. weeks. You know, so is it something that their defense or Geno or whoever, I know one of them was locked, figures out as the game goes on or they get hot at the right moment? I mean, I don't know. But well, Some of this coincides with, the, the, the you know, the lack of time of possession. Yeah. But when you look at this, um, you know, over – they had 29 – so they scored three points 
against Baltimore in that loss. 37-3, to by the way, uh, in Baltimore. They got smoked in They Baltimore. got smoked. smoked, yeah. The next week they played, they host Washington, they, they win 29-26 over Washington. Okay. Um, then they score 16 against the Rams, 13 against San Francisco, 35 against Dallas. Yeah, you would think that's a win. Yeah, wasn't. Wasn't. Uh, 16 against San Francisco, 20 against Philadelphia, 20 against Tennessee. Mm-hmm. It's okay, but I mean they're a very talented offense. Yeah, early in the season, weapons. the points you know they 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 only had 13 in the first game of the season against the Rams. It gets thrashed in that game, 30 to 13. Then they outgunned the Lions, 37 31. Then they outgunned the Carolina Panthers, which 37 27. Looking back on that now, yeah, you you're 27 like, points. How the, the hell did the Pan- you know the Panthers get 27 points? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if there was a return for a touchdown or anything like that in that game, but even so. Uh, this defense is questionable. I mean, some of their yeah. best players are young, too. Maffe and Witherspoon and the guys you think are the stalwarts, the Adams and Wagners of the world, are kind of over the hill. You know? Yeah. So I just don't know. I don't there's know talent how, there. I don't know how good this defense, as bad as the numbers are, Yeah. I don't know how good it really is because the teams that they've beaten, I mean, ran, beating the Lions is a good win. Oh, yeah, no but doubt. It's, it's back in week two. Okay. Giving up 27 points and 378 yards to Carolina, not good. No, not at all. Uh, not at all. Giving up, uh, well, they held the Giants to three, but then you lose to the Bengals in week five or week six. I'm sorry. You know, we we know that you know Burrow. They gave up. They lost that game. Bengals only had 214 yards. Wow. They lost 17-13. Wow. Yeah, that's disturbing. That Bengals defense is not good. There's, no, there's it's some not. In, there's some uneven performances here is what I'm trying to get to here. Um there's definitely some inconsistency with yeah. this team. When they're hot, they're hot. And when they're not, it doesn't look good. Yeah, I guess smoked by Baltimore, you know, slipped past Washington. Well, we know Washington's not a good team. They may be the worst team in the league. Yeah. Uh and that was that was in Seattle. Uh got be, swept by the Rams this year. Mm-hmm. I mean Yeah, okay. the Rams are a good yeah. team. I think the Rams are better in Seattle. Swept by San Francisco, uh, you know, beat by Dallas, beat by uh, Philly, you know, right? They, uh, Philly, they beat. Philly oh, they did beat the Eagles. That, that was a big win for them. Yeah, when the yeah. Eagles were are, have been struggling here. Yeah. So, and then you slip past Tennessee last week. Yeah, by the skin of your teeth. Yeah. So I mentioned time of possession has been really bad for them too, and I used to harp on this with the Steelers, but it's gotten a lot better for them. Seattle's opponents have run have run 114 more plays wow. than they have. I mean, that's like almost two whole games you're asking your defense to play. And no wonder the the injury report is what it is. Yeah. yeah I mean, you just can't stay on the field when you ask those guys to do that much. You know? Well, especially when teams are running the ball like they are on you. Yeah. Those are much more physical plays than yeah. passes. I mean, Seattle's opponent almost runs eight plays a game more than them on average. You run eight plays a game more, it doesn't sound like much, but that's, that's a full drive. Summer. Yeah, right. That's a full drive. Yeah. I mean, that's a physical, tough drive. That's hard to deal with. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that would be making me crazy if I was Pete Carroll. Yeah. We're going to get to a break. When we return, we'll have uh, we'll be joined by Bob Labriola, as we uh, are every Thursday. We'll see what uh, Labs has uh, cooking here uh, this week and what, he, what fears he is living in. Yeah. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back with more right after this. This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. 
Welcome back to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally. He is the Matt Williamson. And uh, on the phone here, we are joined as we are every Thursday by the Lord of Living in His Fears, Bob Labriola. How you doing, Bob? Um, Pretty good. I mean... Uh, <laughs> better better this week than the last it, couple. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it, it certainly uh, looked and felt a lot different slash better. Uh, against the Bengals than it had, you know, in each of the previous, I don't know, three games at least. Uh, maybe from an offensive standpoint, it looked and felt better than it has in any game this year. Um, and uh, so, you know, fingers crossed, hoping for the best. You know, Santa delivered last week. Now uh, <laughs> maybe, uh, you know, I don't know who the uh, – the, um, Happy New Year, Elf is or whatever that. If there's is such a thing, but uh, hey, um, and if you got any lucky uh, socks or anything, uh, dig them out of the drawer. Yeah, a little New Year's resolution to, to go score thirty again. That would be good. <laughs> yes. yes, I think we'd take I'm, that. Yeah, I'm in. I'm, I'm in for that. Yes, Bob. Uh, Matt and I were just talking about this Seattle team, and and, and it's a bit of a conundrum. Um, their run defense over the last uh, five games, 169 yards, 136, 173, 178, and 162 rushing yards allowed over their last five games. They gave up 298 rushing yards in week nine against Baltimore. Now, it's Baltimore. I get it, but 298. And Lamar's not running like he, Lamar has. No, no, that huge pre- lead. Yeah. He wouldn't be right. Um is that is it too simple to say that the Steelers just if they can come out and run the ball like that, you know, for 150 plus yards in this game, they win the game? I just feel like everything this year starts with the Steelers' ability to either run the ball or not. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with what Matt just said. Let me just throw this in, and I don't know the, the you know, the the venues of those games that you just mentioned. You know, referencing the, the uh, rushing yardage stats. Um, but if, you know, the, the Seattle home crowd is in full throat uh, on Sunday, uh, which they usually are, um, that makes it more difficult um, for the offensive line to get off as, you know, as a group. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm not saying it can't run the ball. Uh, I'm just saying that I don't know that it would be as easy maybe or, you know, as um, – as consistently successful as it was last week, you know, playing the Bengals, um, you know, first of all, they're not a great, they're not a great defense in in every aspect. And um, as a division team, I mean, you have a pretty good idea uh, of what they can do, how they try to do it. And I understand that they have that same knowledge and familiarity with uh, the Steelers team. Um, But I, I just thought that, I don't know. Things just seem to be uh, on a on a path last week that, to me, just felt positive. Uh, it didn't take long for that to happen in the game, for that to manifest itself. But I don't know. It, and I'm not a big how it feels kind of guy. Um, but it felt. You different. seem pretty touchy feely to me, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't do a whole lot of that, uh, as they used to say in the 60s and 70s, contemplating my navel. Um, but uh, it just did. I mean, who knows? Maybe it was 
you know, Dale scintillating company sitting next to me in the press box. <laughs> that had to be it. I mean, no, I'm experiencing it right now. Can't, can't, doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, you know, but the thing with the NFL is that whole feel good thing, that it, that's week to week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't think that the difference between uh, playing in Seattle and playing on the North shore can be understood, understated. Um, you know, the Steelers do not play well in Seattle historically. The only um, place they play more poorly than in Seattle is in Chicago um, in terms of the, you know, one loss record on the road against, you know, the respective teams in those two cities. So, you know, I, I don't really, you know, I, I always have a bad feeling about Seattle. Um, always going there, I mean, going there. Yeah, I did a show with Wolf earlier this week, and it, it came <laughs> up, and he had, like, PTSD. And he was even part of the last win in 83. I mean, like, it just can tell it scarred people going there. Yeah, you know, the the, the trips are always, you know, it, it's a long flight. Um, and, and I get it that, you know, you go to L.A., you go to Vegas, it's not that much different. It, I don't know. It, it, I've been on a lot of those trips uh, I don't have anything good to say about any of them I've ever been on. <laughs> um, never saw the Steelers win there. Um, and there, there was some ugliness. So, you know, this this to me is, is I think, um, more than just uh, an opposing team that they have to conquer. I do believe they have to conquer the venue, possibly the trip. Um, it, it's, it's, it's more than just, it's more than just four quarters of football. I think this time. So, yeah. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I just want to bring up the quarterback situation. I mean, we talked about, you mentioned, you know, the, the best offensive showing Rudolph played really well. I mean, what was your analysis of what he did against the Bengals? Well, I mean, you know, he was exactly what, um, you know, Mike Tomlin kind of outlined that he was looking for. Um, from him um, throughout the week. I mean, you know, he, he didn't want him to play scared or in fear was, mm-hmm. was the, the way he phrased it. Um, and, you know, to be aggressive throughout. And, and we saw that, you know, second, second play, um, you know, going to, uh, to Pickett, or Pickens, excuse me, going to Pickens. Uh, and, you know, I, I think that, you know, I like that for a lot of different reasons. You know, you need chunk plays. You need some things that give you some easy scores. Uh, you know, all of that good stuff. But <clears throat> I'm also the uh, of the belief that, you know, you've got to get that guy involved early. And I'm talking about Pickens. Yeah. You know, if, if he's a little bit fragile or whatever word you want to use in terms of, you know, he needs to be, um, targeted early or needs that he needs to feel that he's involved early or however, you know, you want to phrase it. Um, you know, I think that at this point you have to kind of cater to that, uh, in terms of fighting it. Mm-hmm. Yes. You would like him to be mentally tough and, you know, deal with, you know, whatever he has to deal with in order to keep his head in the game and you know, continue to want to uh, be a part of things and, um, you know, attack things as uh, as aggressively and as fervently as he would, you know, as he did last week when he was a big part of it. But he's a young guy. You need him. 
um, there, there's not a whole lot of alternative. Uh, and so, hey, let's, you know, if, if you've got to pat them on the head a little bit and it works, pat them on the head a little bit. You know, uh, um, I, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I'm not, you hear a lot of fans, oh, you know, they, they want to punish him. You know, he needs to learn, you know, discipline and all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, okay. Uh, but sometimes, uh, you know, you're, as my grandmother always used to say, uh, you're biting your nose off to spite your face. And so let's not do that. And so I like the fact that, you know, Mason Rudolph went to him early, uh, and then that just seemed to snowball and, and, and in that situation in the right way. It was snowballing in the right way. Now, I do believe that Mason Rudolph, one of his, um, I won't say unique skills, but one of his individual skills is his ability to throw the deep ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was, I thought, very very on target for the most part. Uh, I thought he missed one to Deontay Johnson, and I thought he missed one to Calvin Austin, which, you know, may have made it even more of a... Might have, uh, might have been a little pass interference on, on that one, too. Well, yeah, yeah, you're not you're not criticizing me. <laughs> no, never, <laughs> never. Um, but yeah, but you know, and that that could have even uh, you know led to more fireworks than what we already saw. But you know, I I thought Mason Rudolph did what he can do. He did it well. Um, he had a perfect passer rating into the second quarter. Uh, didn't turn it over. Um, you know, again, again, it was exactly what. I thought the Steelers needed from their starting quarterback at that stage of the season in that game. And that's why I'm glad they're sticking with them, or it seems to be that case mm-hmm. uh, right now. Um, you know, there's no um, – I haven't seen any injury uh, report today, practice report today. But, um, you know, I, 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 w- I don't know that Kenny Pickett can make a move from where he was to where he needs to be in order to get a starting um, nod for the game in Seattle. So I'm just assuming it's going to be Mason Rudolph again. Yeah, I am too, Bob. And, and I think, you know, the people, the, the Kenny Pickett fans out there are, uh, well, you know, what does this mean for the long-term prognosis for Kenny? The Steelers aren't thinking long-term here right now. Yeah, one goal. Nor they, should they yeah, be. Yeah, right. Yeah. They've got one goal, and that is to win these final two games and see where that gets you. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm, I'm with you 100. percent And here's another thing. Um, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't necessarily uh, have a lot of patience if with Mason Rudolph. Right. If he's not, if he's yeah. not what he was last week either, um, because again, uh, just as this is no long-term statement on Kenny Pickett, uh, it doesn't need to be a long-term statement on Mason Rudolph either, and. Um, so it's going to be interesting to me too how the how the quarterback depth chart is lined up for the game. You know, usually the number three quarterback is inactive, uh, but in uniform. Right. And so you know it'll be interesting to me to see that too. Uh, who's the third quarterback? Uh, and again, if it's Kenny Pickett or uh, Mitch Trubisky. Again, I'm not making that choice based on any long-term statements that I'm looking to make or next year or, you know, anything beyond what and who I think gives us the best chance to win this game on Sunday in Seattle. 
So you mentioned Pickens earlier, and a lot of good stuff to say about him, and I agree with all of it. But I just wanted to throw in, he's not the first extremely talented wide receiver in history that might be a little volatile or might need coddled or might need a little extra <laughs> coaching or might want the football early in a game. You know, like people act like this is unique. I mean, this has happened my whole life. Right. It's right. <laughs> that position. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, and it's, and there's, there's guys who are veterans. Yeah. Uh, Bradshaw like talked that. about Still. that with Swan and Stallworth. Right. You right. know, both wanting the football. And, and, you know, well, and, lobbying to get him to throw him the ball. Well, and I, let me let me tell you this, too. You know, the whole, um, you know, Pickens wasn't uh, all excited for when Deontay Johnson scored that touchdown a few weeks ago. Uh, John Stallworth, I know this for a fact, was honked off that Swan got in the Hall of Fame before him. Really? Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Doesn't mean he doesn't like the guy. It's just... They're competitive right. people. You're right. Yes, yes. And so, you know, again, um, this, as you mentioned, this is not new. It is not unique. Um, and that's why – that's what I'm saying about, you know, uh, Pickens is that, yes, there are some things uh, about his um, conduct, for lack of a better word, and uh, you know, that needs to be cleaned up. Uh, and, and, again – I'm not making any um, long-range statements about him either. Mm. You know, it's in Seattle, you know, what do we need to get from him uh, to, to win this game? Uh, and, you know, one of the things I think is going to be interesting is the relative health of the respective secondaries. You know, what's, what's uh, Jamal Adams and uh, Witherspoon's uh, condition going to be in terms of their physical uh, fitness for the game and and how how much are they going to be able to play and at what effectiveness versus you know some of the Steelers uh, in, injuries uh, question marks health question marks in the secondary in terms of who they're going to have available and how well they're going to be able to play um, you know and you know because DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are not chopped liver I'm here to tell you that too I'm sure you guys know that. Yeah, Bob, uh, in terms of their defense, Artie Burns and Devin Bush are probably going to end up starting this game for them. Is it as simple as saying target those two guys? You know a thing Go after them, and you know yeah. a little bit about them as players. Well, yeah, I mean, um, I, I just I, – I did a little bit, little bit of looking up, um, you know, Devin Bush – um, just to see, you know, I mean, he's only played 156 defensive snaps this season. I'm actually was looking for yeah, that as we speak. But most of them have come in the last couple of weeks. Right. He's got 12 tackles, uh, no splash at all. None. Shocker. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, been targeted 11 times, eight completions. Um, you know, he's 21st on the team in tackles, uh, you know, so I mean I, I don't I don't I don't see why you wouldn't at least you know think about uh, taking advantage of both of those guys because you know them. Uh, however, I'm I don't know that I'm um, framing a game plan strictly around going after those two guys. Uh, I still think you got to do um, what you do or what you think you can do there uh, well against that team at that venue. Uh, but certainly, 
uh, knowing where, you know, it's going to isolate, you know, a tight end or a running back on Devin Bush's coverage. Um, yeah, if it's third you know, and why four, not? why not? Yeah. Right. Yeah, or, or Pat Fryermuth or, you know, whoever it might be. I don't know, you know, how, um, you know, because Bush will be there uh, on the field with Bobby Wagner, how Bush is, you know, how he fits into the defense with a player like that, you know, is something that I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I would have no problem with going after guys that used to play for you that you know um, what they can and can't do. There's nothing wrong with that. I just did a quick search here. You you're both were right. I mean, they neither one of them has played a lot of snaps this year. It's like between 125 and 250. But Burns was out there for 49 last week, and Bush was out there for 40. So if there's no Witherspoon, if there's no Brooks, yeah. you know, those guys get the call. Jamal Adams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, you know. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, I think you just – you know, again, maybe you don't go after them on every play, but I think on the weighty downs, knowing their tendencies, you you kind of try to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and again, I mean, I don't know how Pete Carroll's going to deploy them. Maybe it's not uh, in a situation where you're able to do that. Um, uh, but, you know, again, I don't know. I know Artie, uh, Artie Burns has been playing the slot for them. And so if I can if I can get some guy if I if I have to move George Pickens into the slot on third down yeah to to go beat Artie Burns have at it yeah or Deontay Johnson yeah you right know? yeah and if and if like Pete Carroll is, is reckless enough to uh, you know allow that matchup to happen on a regular basis well shame on him and then take advantage of it yeah absolutely Bob. Uh, you think uh, any of this other stuff that the Steelers need to uh, happen uh, might happen this weekend or next weekend? Or, I mean, in other words, if they if they are able to somehow win this game, are we still talking about playoffs next week? Or are we still needing a lot of help? Well, one of the things that um, you know I I think is very realistic this weekend is uh, the Ravens playing at home, beating the Dolphins, and I, I think that that. That doesn't clinch anything for the Steelers, certainly, but it would take a lot of the steam and teeth out of the Ravens for that regular season finale mm-hmm. uh, because if they beat the Dolphins, they have clinched the number one seed in the AFC. Um, and I don't think John Harbaugh is as reckless or arrogant as Brian Billick <laughs> was in 2003 where he pretty much sacrificed his team in that regular season finale. Uh, to get Jamal Lewis uh, a rushing record and or just beat the snot out of the Steelers. Um, they ended up winning in overtime, and he, he he beat his team up to the point where they lost the next week in Tennessee, against Tennessee. I um, can't imagine them playing Lamar or any of those guys in a game that doesn't matter. I can't Right, a lot of the, you know, Ronnie Stanley yeah. and their two inside linebackers and Kyle Hamilton, and I mean, that's just not, you're looking at a team, I think if, um, the the Ravens beat the Dolphins the week after they beat the 49ers. I mean, if you're working in that organization, you got to be thinking, you know, we might be able to have a parade. Yeah, time to about exhale and relax. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is not just resting, you know, for your first playoff game. I think you're resting for a run mm-hmm. in the playoffs. So, um, I think that that's the first the first step. And, you know, I've learned enough about the league this year that um, 
it doesn't happen the way it's supposed to or <laughs> predicted to, or it doesn't go by the favorites winning or the home teams winning or, you know, how any of that all usually plays out. Uh, you know, the league has been changing every four weeks. I think it's, it's been a pretty uh, consistent pattern in that way. You know, the Jacksonville Jaguars have gone from, uh, you know, who oh, AFC, uh, might be the number one seed. Yeah. Right. <laughs> to, uh, they're even going to beat out Tennessee, you know, to win the AFC South or whoever might be, you know. So, um, you know, here we are again, back with this. Uh, the Steelers looked awful for a four-game period there. Maybe the, this is now their period where they, they do a little rebound and, and bounce back somewhat. So, you know, we'll just see what happens. I don't uh, I don't look too far ahead with this either um, in terms of, what they need to happen and can it happen? Will it happen? How do you want to predict it? Um, let's just see how this week ends. This week and um, took plays out, and then see what you need the last weekend of the, the season. No, Bob, I, I think that's right. Well put. Uh, we're going to let you go here. We got to get to a break. Uh, he is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. Our guest has been Bob Labriola, editor of Steelers Digest at Steelers.com. I don't know when I'm going to see you again, Bob. Yeah, well, I know where you won't see me. <laughs> on, a, on a plane to Seattle. <laughs> or in Seattle. Or in Seattle. That's but uh, sure. yeah. Well, at the very least, we will talk to you next Thursday, and we'll see where we're talking. Next year. Yeah, next year. Happy New Year, talk yeah. Next year. We'll Thanks, be talking uh, about a game against the Ravens and, well, whether it means something, whether it doesn't, and uh, a little bit more about this quarterback situation. We're going to get to a break. We'll be back with more on The Drive right after this. This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Steeler fans, you can gear up with the latest sideline apparel, hats, or jerseys of your favorite players, authentic memorabilia, custom items, and exclusives you can only find directly from the team. At one of the official Steelers Pro Shops are located at Acrisure Stadium, Grove City Premium Outlets, or Tanger Outlets, or you can visit online at shop. Steelers.com. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. Uh, you're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. And, Matt, is it too simple? Is, is it as simple as this for the Steelers this season? This season? When their quarterback starts and finishes a game, hmm. they're 8-3. and three. It's amazing. I mean, how many times did, did anyone ever get pulled – because for cause? Trubisky. For cause. Once, Trubisky right? in Indianapolis. Okay, it's only happened once. I, I knew there was one, but I couldn't think of any others. There's been others with injury, of course, yeah. or you know, not planned. I wonder around the league, when you lose a quarterback with injury, what the win percentage is. No matter who you play. Yeah. I, mean, I bet it's unbelievably low. Because, I mean, we talked to, to Mike Sullivan, spoke today to the media, and, uh, you know, I asked him, I'm like, you know, I, He's been calling the plays now for the Steelers for the last five games. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Sunday's game will be his sixth. Okay. He'll have had three different starting quarterbacks. <laughs> he's with three different quarterbacks. In six too. games. And he's the quarterback coach. And he's he, the quarterback yeah, coach. He said, you know, this this is what you, you, you prepare for. He says, you know, one thing is he, wow. he went to the U.S. Military Academy and is an Army graduate. Yeah, yeah. He said, you know, the one thing that that teaches you, your, your Army training teaches you, is to expect the unexpected. 
Nobody expects to use three quarterbacks in a span of six, three games, or five games, really. And of course, that's that's a great military reference, though, too. Like, you can train and train, and this is how we do things yeah. by the book, and then it doesn't go like that yeah, at the, all. The mission and, does not always go as planned. Yeah, so how do I adapt now and get thrown a major curveball? So I would think his background is helpful in that way. But I didn't thought of it in that light. You know, I mean, he's a, a rookie play caller in a way himself, or a new one. Rookie's not the right word, but here's with three, three different, different quarterbacks, quarterbacks you had to deal with, right? And you and, and you each we, one of them has a different skill set, of course, which he'll know better than anyone. Yeah, but still, that's a, quite the challenge. <laughs> I mean, wow. so it, it's you know, I, I, there has to be something to it. Oh yeah, I mean, so many teams have gone through so many quarterbacks. I do wonder what the win percentage is when you lose one mid game. Yeah, uh, it has to be so low, so low. Yeah, I mean, it's just I, I don't. Around the league this year, even the last two years, really, the, the, right. the quarterback changes that have happened. I mean, Drastic. you want to talk about the volatility of the of the league? I think that's part of it. I think it has so much to do with it. I mean, would you say the record was when you had the same guy started and finished eight and three, eight and three? I mean, that's not that much to ask or hopeful. You yeah, know, hope for start I mean. and finish the game. Start and finish the game. <laughs> I mean, it's a long season. Everyone in the league has dealt with this more or less. I mean, some teams have been fortunate enough to only have one. I bet their winning percentage is way higher than league average. You know, even if it's not a great quarterback, if it's Joe Blow, but he's played. But every you just game at this point. The, the, you don't have to pull. You don't have to change the offensive game plan. Yeah. You don't have to change the protections. You don't have to do anything. You I just mean, play the game. Little stupid things like the cadence and the way he yeah. communicates and spits the play out of his mouth and all that stuff and just the familiarity or his ball fakes on play action or the way he hands the ball off or does he like to be in shot? You know, like little things that nobody thinks about the center quarterback exchange you know like when we were pit walt harris for the first three minutes of practice the center and the and the quarterback went out and did center quarterback exchange it was on our script you know like <laughs> I, I thought to myself that they really need to practice that first and foremost yeah you know like you don't want to screw it up if you, you screw it up everybody's saying don't they practice that yeah right i mean they're out there just snapping for a couple minutes before the before practice really gets going you know like all right you know i mean people don't think about the little things but you don't think about the little things if you have the same quarterback all year long and you start to, well, I got a better feel for my receiver. He likes the ball on his outside shoulder on this route or, you know, all those type of things that are all new that you can't simulate in practice. And I think there's some of the in-helmet perspective, too, from the quarterback. You talk about it at other positions like pass rushers setting up, you know, oh, yeah. offensive linemen or this receiver setting up a, or a defensive back or, or vice versa or the defensive backs baiting a quarterback into a throw. Mm-hmm. Quarterback could learn a lot too. Oh, this. I can move the safety with my eyes. Yeah. A pump fake. I mean, how many times did Ben manipulate guys? And it comes with experience and playing and playing with your teammates time and time again. Or you know what? Oh, I threw that pass the last time. And that guy jumped jumped it. Yeah. You know. I mean, we're talking about great players here, but Mahomes and Tyreek, Ben and AB, scramble drills. You know, like nothing went to plan. It's three seconds, four seconds into the play, nobody's running a route anymore. But I know this guy wants to come across the middle or he's just going to take it deep or whatever, you know, and my quarterback can't make that throw. Or, I mean, you just don't know any of those things. Yeah. Timing with receivers and all that stuff. Interesting little. Yeah, way of looking at it. Yeah, Development for the Steelers there this season. And, well, we'll see if uh, Mason Rudolph uh, finishes, starts and finishes this game against Seattle. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to think it's that much to ask for, but we'll see. We're going to get to another break. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back with our number two right after this.